This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys on the clock. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at Valley Ranch. The Dallas Cowboys select Zach Martin. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, and Brian Broaddus. Well, we're just inside a week. Six days. Six days. And this journey will, I don't know, come to an end, start. We'll be in the start of the second day. Right. Everybody will feel real good about their first picks overall. Everybody. Everybody. It's, you know, it's like it's, college recruiting. It's funny. You, I... I'm sick, so of course this week I watched last year's 2014 <laughs> NFL draft. I have it saved on the, my DVR. So while I'm yeah. I'm working, I'm doing work on the computer, I'm watching some tape. I've got last year's draft on in the background, some background noise, and it's just funny how every pick there's so much excitement. There's sure, so, you know when Johnny Manziel was picked oh, in yeah. Cleveland. Oh my gosh, yeah. uh, it, the perspective of a year later, it just kind of puts everything in in perspective. So yeah. it's just it's funny how that works. Do you find yourself and, and that, by the way, folks, is the voice of Dane Brugler from CBS Sports. I'm Brian Broadus and uh, Kent Garrison driving the boat today. No, hey no, uh, Tiny Jim today. Tiny Jim on assignment. So Dane and I are going to carry. But yeah, you know, to go back, do you you one of those guys that and scouts have this problem? That they once they do a draft, they forget about those players. You know, now you went back. Right. You're talking about Martin and and guys, Bridgewater guys. You have, but are you able to to just separate immediately and say, okay, that's over, put it to bed, or do you kind of follow along? It's what little, happened. It's a little both because you have to. Part of being a scout, I think, is scouting yourself. Yeah. Self-evaluating right. what you missed on, what you got right, and, and so you can be a better scout and, and know, okay, well, if I missed on, we're, we're all going to miss players. Right. You know, that's part of the business. Uh, it's all, But it's all about batting average. And so yeah. you go back and see who you missed. Last year, I did not have Odell Beckham ranked very high. And right. so I'm, that's a player I'm going to go back and say, okay, you know what, why didn't I not, why did I not have him ranked high? Uh, but then there's also players that I hit on, and so I make sure and address those players as well. What did I like about those players that maybe the NFL teams did not? A player like Teddy Bridgewater, my number one player last sure. year. You know, teams scared off by the workout. Teams are scared off by his, you know, skinny shoulders, that type of thing. Small hands. Exactly. So it, it's something that, uh, you know, it's important to go back to past drafts and, and really study and self-evaluate yourself so you can be a better scout moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. Uh, every scouting department I've ever been involved with, and I, the majority of my days were spent in pro personnel. So I would always I would take those players from the draft, and then now they became my guys for the next eight to ten years right. or so or less, some case less. Uh, but uh, I always found it funny the scouts when they went back the next year and maybe saw guys at training camp or whatever didn't didn't have the complete understanding of they're like well I like that guy and I'm like no you didn't. You right. know, you had this guy, you know, and you show them their notes and stuff like that. It's funny how scouts just, they take the draft, they use the draft, they do the draft, and then they move on to the next one. They just totally wash their brain, if you wanted to say, just hit their race button right. and just push everything out. 
Right. So I, I totally agree with you about the evaluation part. I think that's really going to be important. And I think that it, as we go forward in this, and I know you do this when you do all your work, and I do the same thing. I like to compare guys. You know, I like to sure. say, this guy reminded me of this guy last year, or this guy two, three years ago. And a lot of times scouts don't do that. They're just thinking about right now, USC, UCLA, Notre Dame, right. you know, uh, Florida Atlantic. That's all they're thinking about right now. They're not thinking about these kids going on and how they fit. Well, and, and player comparisons can be a little overrated at times. Yeah. You know, you know, everyone wants to put, uh, you know, a square peg and or you know, they they want to force it, and yeah. that's just not it's not realistic yeah. sometimes. But I do think it's important because you look at, like I say, Johnny Manziel. You know, who does he compare to in the NFL? If there's not, you know, we can't really point to someone in the NFL that has his size dimensions, right. his playing style. Well, is there a reason for that? Yeah. And, that, and that's the reason Russell Wilson fell to the third round because sure. the skills are off the charts. But how many NFL starting quarterbacks are in the league that are five, ten and a half? Right. There aren't any. And yeah. there's a reason for that. And so a player like that fell. And there's a, an exception to every rule. And Russell Wilson's one of those. But I think we're finding out Johnny Manziel, probably not one of those exceptions. Yeah, well – you know, that's that's an interesting thought there. There's a couple of ways that uh, you, you can get a hold of us here. You can get a hold of us uh, at uh, at Twitter, at The Draft Show. We're going to do, like we always do, the staple of Twitter on the 20 or close to 20 as we can. Uh, there's also the way of getting a hold of us at 888-855-2297. Uh, Kent Garrison has always built uh, on our program. You can see the numbers. You can see the way to get a hold of us. We love to take your questions. This is a good opportunity. Dane and I will be happy to do that uh, and get uh, the information to you. Um, a lot of things going on this week, Dane, about injury, injury talk, right. uh, backs going up and down, um, you were in a discussion, the interactions that you have with people on Twitter at DP Brugler uh, is outstanding. Uh, uh, you had some stories uh, about Ajayi and his knee condition. Right. Uh, I was able to get some information about that as well. But let's talk a little bit about some of these guys. Uh, you know, maybe it's up and down boards. Guys, the boards are starting to be set. But some of those guys like Ajayi and also a Randy Gregory, you know, and things like that. And, you know, but I, I'm with you on and, and I'll let you talk about what you've heard mm -hmm. about Ajayi. And, and and he's been one of your favorite players. Exactly. In this draft. Right. I mean, he's been a guy that you've championed all along. Uh, you're carrying the flag for him. I've carried the flag for uh, Tevin Coleman, who, right. who himself has had his own knee, his own toe injury problems, right. but was able to work out. But. Go go through a little bit what you know about Ajayi, and 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 I'm tying it into the Cowboys' thoughts here because of the need for a running back in this draft, and and that to me takes a big piece out of that. Right, this time of year, yeah, we're you know a week out, a couple of weeks out, and we start to hear about the injuries, start to hear about because obviously. You know, us outsiders, we can watch the tape and we can grade these guys yeah. based on talent, what we see. But the medical information, some of the character stuff, that starts to leak out throughout the process. Right. And so with Jay Ajayi, something that um, teams, multiple teams, have dinged him on the knee. They've red flagged it. And this isn't something where a, a surgery is going to help or uh, he's going to be on the PUP list to start the season. He's healthy to play right now. Right. The question is longevity. Right. And this is something that, you know, his agents try to do some spin out there and try to, you know, make downplay it. But it's something that teams are concerned about, and he's not going to go undrafted. But 
he could slip farther than he should be drafted in the first place. He's a to me, he's a top forty, top fifty pick. Right. But I think there's a good chance he might slip to the end of second round, maybe into that third round, uh, maybe into the fourth round. We'll have to see how it plays out. But teams are concerned. I know one team that just failed – they failed him on his physical all, completely. Right. Other teams, it's just more of a concern. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, there could be a team that says, you know what, we are going to take the chance that, um, you know, it's bone on bone right now, that knee. There's no, not much right. cartilage. No way to fix it. Exactly. He could play one game. He could play five years. We don't know. Yeah. We'll take a chance. Jeremiah Trotter was my experience in Philadelphia in right. the 98 draft. Uh, bone on bone, Trotter out of Stephen F. Austin. Doctor told me, Brian, 10 games or 10 years. You don't know, right. so but that's the chance you take. Right, exactly. And so he, we could see a team in the second round take a chance and say, "We'll take a chance that he'll, you know, he'll make it through his rookie contract." See, that's a, that's will. an interesting point because I'm looking at a team like the Cowboys, mm-hmm. who is not interested so much in maybe that second year contract right. of a running back. Right. You know, why not just say, "Okay, we're going to use him up for the four years, and then if it if it's fine, we'll you know maybe we'll do something, but if not." We'll just draft another guy. And I think a lot of teams are uh, of a similar thinking when it comes to these backs. But when you're talking about a second-round player, it then when it, with Ajayi, it comes down to value. What's his draft value? And so I think we're talking more third, fourth round in terms of his value in ter- in, 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 instead of the second round, which his tape says. And so I, could he still go second round? Sure, it's possible if a yeah. team says, you know what, we'll take that chance. But there are concerns. It's something that teams are talking about, and uh, I know Mike, May- Mike Mayock talked about it yesterday. As some, you know, he confirmed he's talked to teams. They they're worried about the need to. I talked to this bunch here. There, okay, there, there you there, go. There, there is concern. There's there absolutely concern. And so concern. at sixty, if he's on the board, not so much of a slam dunk that we thought about maybe a month ago uh, yeah. for Jay Ajayi there. And you know, we didn't think he would make it to sixty, but even if he does now. Uh, there might be a better back on the board. Let me focus on another player, defensive end. Again, a need for the Cowboys. Right. They're looking at Shane Ray being that type of a player, though. Went and saw a specialist, uh, really calling it kind of turf toe, maybe a, right. a very aggressive uh, form of turf toe. Um, a lot of teams had him initially as a top 10 type of a, of a player. Right. You know, starting to hear things about him sliding down the board because of the surgery, or, or they – Teams thought that he might need surgery, but he's gone out and the doctor said, no, rest. Yeah. I think this is something, though, that's always going to hamper him, though, well, that, especially in that it. position. Yeah, exactly. That's it. His best trait to me is his first step. Absolutely. He is one of the best first steps, if not the best first step in this class. But when you're talking about that that toe, traditionally it's an injury that, that plagues guys for years. It, it does not just go away. It, and I know, you know we've talked about it before how a toe just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. But it is. It's something that hampers guys. And so, again, talking about value, where do you take a chance on this guy? Yeah. And this is where it gets it, it gets muddy. Where where do you take a chance on Shane Ray um, if if he's there at twenty seven? Yeah, you know, is that is that possible? You can't rule it out. Well, with the injuries. It sounds like to me, listening to people talk about Ray, that, that it's split on right. win, but you know, still a first round talent might slide right. through. Uh, I want to get into we've we've got. We've talked about two thumbs up for Gurley, which means he'll right. probably be where, what we thought. But let me talk about Abuhi, yeah. the, the offensive tackle from A&M. Texas A&M. And I'm starting to hear some whispers. I know you've talked to some people as well that have him pretty high on some draft boards. Is, is, is it, it going to be a PUP situation for him? Or is this something that, you know, that it's going to be a total redshirt year that you might have to take a guy 
in the first round and, and redshirt him for a year. Tore his ACL in the bowl game. So um, a, a, about a month difference from uh, Gurley. Uh, but we're also talking about a player with uh, you know a little more weight on him, and, yeah. and, and these knees are all different. You know, no two knees are the same. But I'm, I think we're, it's more towards a pup situation rather than having to miss the entire rookie year, and that's why I think we're talking about him being a possible first round player. Yeah, uh, and based on talent, maybe top ten player right. in this draft. A player that below the waist, his feet are outstanding. Right. Uh, you love the flexibility, lower body, the fluidity. Um, upper body needs some work. His technique with his hands, um, his punch needs a lot of work there. But, you know, coaches will love to get their hands on him because he has the traits that you can't teach. And that, that's the feet. That's the lower body uh, fluidity to mirror uh, rushers. And so late first round. That's what I'm saying. I was going to ask you this question, though. With what the Cowboys have done, right. would a buoy be a guy that you knew you could redshirt and play in place of Doug Free in the coming years or something like that. I mean, in, I mean, the Cowboys have a million needs. And, and again, right. on the draft show, always trying to encompass all possibilities. Not going to sit there and tell you you have to take a running back, you have to take a linebacker, you have to take a defensive end. Yep. You have to keep an open mind about this. Right. And, and it, you, you said late one, and I wonder if the scouts and the coaches – Feel, feel well enough about him. Again, there's some teams at the bottom of the first round. That's what I'm starting to hear whispers on, much like you are. Right. And I wonder if some teams are going to say the talent is too good to pass up there with other needs on the board. Right. But but he's just that talent of a player. And again, at picking a 27, there's a good chance you're going to be getting a second-round player or your first-round options are wiped out. Right. And so depending on who's on the board, absolutely, we could envision a scenario where uh, a boy, he's the, the top talent on the Cowboys board that's certainly conceivable yeah. so in that situation we know what they've done to address the offensive line in the first round could they do it again uh with, for, with for a, the, a with like the future in mind exactly because yeah. that's what you have to have the future in yeah. mind and with the hardy stuff coming down this week a lot yeah. of people are saying well now all of a sudden the the strategy shifts that that's no, not that, the case that's not the case it, exactly and yeah. it, you don't draft your top need is not your first round pick. Your, right. your first round pick, you get uh, the best talent available. See who falls to you. Right. you. Play the draft board, and you just can't rule out a, a talent like that Aggie tackle. Yeah, well, there's a lot of guys that if they start sliding down the board, and Gregory being one of those, but that's yeah. off field stuff. Okay, uh, Kent has got some calls lined up. We'll go ahead and yeah. take a call or two. Kent, I'm going to turn it over to you to grab those calls uh, right okay. before we go to our break. So go ahead. Sure, Mark in Mission, Texas. Mark, we're doing great. What's your question? How's it going, guys? Draft show is awesome. Thank um, you. I know draft is coming up a week away. Exciting. But I was wondering, with all the Hardy suspension and stuff, is there any free agents out there, defensive ends, that can come in sort of like Mincy did a year ago? I'm thinking along the lines like Daquan Powers or somebody like that. I'll listen. I'll hang up and listen to y'all. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you got to be real careful. And, and I was talking to some of the pro guys about this with the Cowboys. They've got three compensatory picks right now. And the plan, like you said earlier, was to draft a guy. Right. I, I think they're still going to draft. Agreed. I, I, I don't think they want to mess up their compensatory things by bringing somebody in that might or might not make this team. Right. I don't see right now, unless somebody has a June 1 cut or something like that, uh, you know, that, to bring. And, and I think they're focusing on the draft, uh, whether that is, you know, we've, we, we're one of the first ones to talk about Frank Clark. I mean, he's had this uh, meteor-like rise through the uh, up the draft boards because people are now figuring out second round talent for sure. Where do you take him? I think the Cowboys are more interested in saying we're willing to go and and draft somebody 
than we will to go out and get a veteran guy right now. I, I think you nailed it with the June 1st. I think you wait and see what happens. That Maybe something something happens there where you could go and get a player. But who's available right now? I just don't see a player that's going to – is worth going out and, and getting. I think you're right about sticking to the draft. A guy like Frank Clark, eh, third, fourth round. Right. Uh, uh, you know, we know we've talked about his issues. To me, I you know I, I'm I'm still not sure where personally I would feel comfortable drafting him yeah. because there are the issues. But talent wise, you are talking about a second round talent, a guy that just he beats up blockers with his hands yeah. and he disrupts what happens in the pocket. So you have a good player who be, you could get at a discounted price, but there is a reason for that discount, and so it's uh, there is a little bit of uh, uh, you know worry there. But still, a good player that if you can get in the third, fourth round, yeah. makes some sense. I, I think the Cowboys have really done their due diligence on this player with visits, workouts. Right. They're getting to know this player. And, and, and I, I had a – I thought the fourth round was always kind of a round. And, and I used to call it the criminal criminal and medical round. Sure. You know, where you – a Jai, where Frank Clark, those kind of guys. That, that was back in the day. I think you're going to have to take this kid a lot earlier. And I wouldn't be surprised at 91, depending on the way the draft fell. Sure. If you don't get a first-round defensive end, whether that's Gregory, oh, somebody slides down the board to get to them at defensive end, their plans have not changed one bit as far as – they're going to get a defensive end, but again, I think it's going to be drafting a guy and not going out in free agency. Agree. All right, Kent, do we have another call? Yeah, there? we got Shane in Washington. All Shane, right. you're on the draft show. Yeah, hi. Uh, so anyway, I was wondering, Abdullah, the running back from Nebraska, I know right. he's probably not worthy of the second round pick. Sure. But do you feel that uh, that's maybe where we might have to take him if he's available? Uh, I know he's got uh, fumbling issues and durability might be an issue with him. But, again, do you feel he's worthy of a second-round pick? I just don't see him there for the third round. And my second quick question is, how does Ray from Fort Worth get on all the time? Does he have, like, a special hotline? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's because he calls all the time. Yeah, Ray, <laughs> Ray's, Ray's one of our good callers, and thank you very much for the call. Okay, address uh, address Abdullah. Uh, I, I, think, I mean, I, we've got some smart callers because I think he, he nailed it with probably a third-round player, but yeah. in this late second round with the Cowboys. Right. Running backs might be wiped out. We'll see with you know Duke Johnson, Tevin Coleman, you know these guys that Yeldon, right? They yeah. might be wiped out. So uh, at that point in the draft, you might have to take an Abdullah in the late second round. He might not only be one of the better players available, but he might. He obviously fits a need at running back. With Abdullah, I, there's so much to love about him. He's uh, so quick, uh, and he's he's not only uh, quick with his movements, but he's quick thinking. Absolutely, he, he reminds yeah. me of a chess player where he's two yeah. two moves ahead of yeah. you uh, in terms of uh, beating the defender. So uh, he can contribute as a pass catcher. Uh, I really worry about him in pass pro. I, I, I do too. That's a, that's an area where I don't feel comfortable with him contributing, especially early in his career, uh, going up against uh, some of the pass rushers in this league. But uh, in the late second round, uh, absolutely, I think you, you cannot yeah. rule him out as an option. Okay, well, that's uh, good questions, and thank you very much for those early calls. We're going to get to some more calls uh, later in the show. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to hit the Twitter on the 20. Uh, Kent Garrison's going to lead the charge there. Dane and I will be uh, standing by to answer your questions, so stay tuned from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Well, the AT&T distributed antenna system is up and running for the start of this Renaissance Fair. They could have used the nation's most reliable 4G LTE network in medieval times. Yeah, say you're hanging out with a fair maiden and an evil warlock at ye old tavern. You could post a group photo. Wrong. A fair maiden and an evil warlock would never hang out together. Want to get a giant turkey leg? Yay. AT&T, building you a better network. AT&T reminds you to never text and drive. It can wait. Reliability claim based on analysis of independent third-party data regarding national carriers 4G LTE. 4G LTE not available everywhere. Before Jenny met her new nephew, Wyatt, before she drove from Dallas to Marfa, 
And before she picked up a one-man rodeo onesie down the street from her studio in the village, Jenny got 1% back on tires, 2% back on snacks, and 3% back on gas using her Bank AmeriCard Cash Rewards credit card. So Jenny got ready to do what she loved with cash rewards she liked. That's the power of the Bank AmeriCard Cash Rewards credit card. That's Bank of America. Life's better when we're connected. With the Bank AmeriCard Cash Rewards credit card, you can earn 1% cash back on all purchases all the time. 2% cash back on groceries and 3% cash back on gas. Apply today at bankofamerica.com slash get cash back. Grocery and gas bonus rewards apply to 1,500 in combined purchases each quarter. Call 1-888-224-8735 for details about credit costs and terms. Copyright 2013 Bank of America Corporation. Score your next home with great rates and great service from SWBC Mortgage. Visit score.swbcmortgage.com to find a branch near you and pre-qualify today for your new home purchase or loan refinance. SWBC Mortgage at score.swbcmortgage.com. Mortgage.com, presenting sponsor of The Legends Show, featuring former Dallas gridiron greats. Loans are subject to credit approval. NMLS number 9741, equal housing lender. This, this is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Back here on the Draft Show, Brian Broaddus, Dane Brugler, Kent Garrison. Uh, we are planning this week, I'll give you some little insight, little, uh, little, uh, Inside information, I guess. Um, next week, we're doing the draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday on DallasCowboys.com, the app, all those things, all those great things that you can uh, uh, catch us on on DallasCowboys.com uh, from the first pick through the last pick. Myself, Bill Jones, Dane Brugler, uh, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, uh, Nick Eatman, a lot of guys will be coming in and out. Uh, we're going to have interviews with uh, players, coaches, all kinds of things. That's for you for Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, we're going to have a draft show. And what we decided to do is we're going to dedicate that show to the seven-round mock draft. So a lot of you out there have asked if we would do a mock draft for seven rounds. I figured the best time to do a mock draft is right before the actual draft itself. So all hands on deck. Uh, be ready for uh, uh, ups and downs. Players there, players not there. Decisions to be made. Uh, trade charts, all kinds. So many of many different scenarios. Yeah, so many different scenarios. And, and now that we know who's healthy, who's not healthy, where guys sit on boards, uh, it will be a lot easier for us to have a really good mock draft. So look forward to that on next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. So with all that being said, with no Tiny Jim here today, I'm going to turn the show over to Kent Garrison and Kent. Give it to us. Yeah, we are going to take one call before we hit Twitter on the 20 here. Chandler in Oklahoma. Chandler, we're doing great. What's your question, sir? Yeah, I have two quick questions, guys. First off, uh, I keep seeing a lot of mocks. They mock the two cornerbacks, one from LSU and Co- from one from UConn. Collins and Dallas. Jones, yeah. And, well, the, the, the UConn kid seems a lot like just a workout warrior to me because you didn't hear about him the entire college football season, and then he just blows up the combine. So that worries me. And then this LSU guy, he, he has like four starts in his career. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little. Ten starts, more like yeah. Ten. Yeah. But so, how in the world are you going to expect him to go from from ten starts, at, you know, in college, and then be a, a decent pro? And then my second question is, uh, I I know it might seem crazy, but what do you think the trade value would be for Des Bryant? Because he's a little disgruntled, 
he wants a new contract. We're not really sure if we're going to pay him the bukus of money they want. So let's say Jacksonville called uh, with the third pick or, or, or Oakland with the fourth, and they said, hey, we'll give you this year's four, this year's three, and we'll give you next year's uh, one and two or something like that. You think that would entice the Cowboys? Because then they could get Amari Cooper, and then they'd have a pick next year and be really set up really well to get whoever they wanted to get next year. So those are my questions. I'll get off the phone. Thanks a lot for taking my call. I'm not trading Des Bryant. I don't care what t- a team offers me. You give yeah. me multiple first round picks. I'm figuring out, figuring out a way to. I, I like the outside the box thinking. Sure. Though. I mean, sure. you know, it, it's one thing, guys. On and, and I really appreciate that call because a lot of people tell you, "Well, just trade Carr. Just trade." You <laughs> right. know, I mean, he's thinking about you're taking a marquee player and you're trying to maximize the value of the of the player. Right. And. <laughs> If you're the Cowboys, you're in win now mode. You know, yeah. as much as you want to build for the future as well, you also have to keep in mind how many years does Romo have left. You don't have that quarterback of the future set up. You don't know what's going to happen three years from now. I'm trying to win these next two years, and the best chance of winning these next two years is uh, having Des Bryant on my roster and uh, you know just trying to fill this team with as much talent as possible, but keeping the marquee players like you just said. On the roster, so if you were to make the trade, who would you take at three? Would you take was that is that is that Fowler? I mean, that helps your defensive end spot. Yeah, I and mean, is that is that the route, or or, or is you take Williams? Leonard Williams be an under tackle? Yeah, Leonard Williams, I think, is the best player in the draft. Yeah, Dante Fowler's right there. I mean, he's yeah. see, I had Tennessee taken. I don't know why. I just thought Tennessee was going to take Williams there. Oh, I think yeah. I mean, it I, makes I, a lot I, of I sense. Would, I uh, would sure. But I mean, if you if you did have the third pick, if you you, you would take Fowler, I would lean towards Leonard Williams. Get that under tackle. Yeah, I, I think I think he he's not Sue, but he has some special traits it, for such a, a player that's twenty years old. He, I think I really believe he's going to get better and better and better. So, I, and I love Fowler is one of my favorite players in this draft. But I, I think could I, you I grab Leonard a receiver Williams. at twenty seven? Who are you going to take there? I mean, you could look at uh, you know Jalen Strong, uh, Philip Dorsett, uh, uh, Brashad Perryman. Yeah, guys that are nice players that could have a place in this Green league. Beckham is he worth the worth it right there? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm talking about a guy that's potentially late one. Right. Yeah. No, he'll be in that mix. Um, me personally, I'm not doing it. You're I'm not trading for Des. No, I'm no. not. Give me Des Bryant, a known commodity yeah. where, again, we have a two-year window here where I think we have a really good shot right. at going to the Super Bowl. Right. And so I'm going to surround my team with as much talent as possible. And that You're going to ride Des, Des Bryant. Bryant is what you're going to do. Absolutely. That, and that's, and that's, I think that's the right thing to do. But, again, it's an outside-the-box thought. Yeah, which is and, great. And it's maximizing the best. You think that Jacksonville might be bad again next year. Sure. Right. And then all of a sudden you get another early one. I'm all for draft picks. But, yeah, yeah that'd be I'm tough. proud of you for not – Trading out of there. <laughs> and back to his original question, uh, Jalen Collins, Byron Jones. Yeah. I think he's absolutely correct about Jalen Collins. I do, too, about Collins. Uh, I'm an LSU guy. I player, agree. Yeah, I agree Ten starts that. in his career. He, I agree. He, he, they gave him a chance to start, pulled him off the absolutely, field. Absolutely, I agree. Gave him another shot, pulled him off the field. I agree. There's a lot of inconsistency, both technique, discipline, yeah. but when you're you know, six, one and a half, you can move like he does. Teams are going to like those traits and take you early. But – you can't rule him out at 27, yeah. depending on how the cornerbacks go. Um, and then Byron Jones, I get why people say the workout warrior stuff. But Hurt his shoulder would have played a lot yeah, more. He, he missed, missed half the season. Yeah, almost all the uh, yeah in October. Yeah, he, and he missed the rest of the season. Had right. shoulder surgery. He he was an invite to the Senior Bowl. Right, couldn't participate couldn't predict, because right. of the shoulder. 
uh, and he played on a terrible team at, at, at UConn. And if he was at uh, you know Florida State and he got hurt, we still would have heard about him. Or I mean, we knew about him. We just didn't. He's not a name that you know popped up a lot in conversation. But Byron Jones, much more than a workout warrior. His tape absolutely backs up yes. what he shows. Yeah, he's he's a he's a second round player, uh, maybe a late first. Who's, who's probably going to be somewhere in those twenties. See, that's what I always talk about. Fans are catching up to what the scouts knew. Right. We always had that where the scouts have an idea that Jones is a first-round player. Then all of a sudden, now the the scout of uh, the media scouting world is now catching up to the player. Right. Okay, Kent, you got it. Go. Twitter, Twitter on the twenty. Okay, we got close here. Not really. Yeah. It's more like Twitter on the thirty. So uh, go ahead, Kent. Okay. It's okay. Uh, we're getting a lot of questions about these. About these cornerbacks, uh, this comes from Ken Green. Is off-the-field issues the only reason Kevin Johnson is ahead of Marcus Peters? I think Peters is a better playmaker. You like Peters a lot, though, don't I you? I do like Peters a lot. And if, if Say he was uh, you know, the perfect teammate, I think he'd be competing with Waynes for that top spot in this cornerback class. Uh, it just uh, I love the, the attitude that he brings on the field. He just can't really shake it off of the field. And so right. um, he's not going to be on every draft board. Yeah. But um, you know, I, in my rankings, I have Waynes, Kevin Johnson, and, and then Peters third. So uh, to me, if it's not for the issues, Peters probably above Johnson. But Johnson's a good player who yeah. I, I, I I'd love having there at number. I two. think there's some people that might even like Johnson better than Waynes. Oh, I, I, I mean, yeah, you're starting I to, you're yeah. starting to hear that. So yeah, I, I think that to me, Peters is a guy, and you're absolutely right. A lot of draft boards won't have. I mean, you got two different sets of coaches at two different programs. Exactly. Still and talking about. We the talked player. about that back in yeah. January. Yeah, that's that was something. So yeah, I, right. I I think that he's a very talented football player. But in my book, Johnson's two, Peters is four. And, and Peters, you know, you like him better probably in press. I mean, that, that's that, absolutely that, that's what he does best. Yeah. Not not so much an off man, but. Right. With Kevin Johnson, he's shown he can do both. He can do both. Man, zone, whatever you want him to do, Absolutely. he can do it all. Absolutely. All right, Kent. This is from Addison. If Bud Dupree falls between 15 and 18, like some mocks have him, would we trade up at that point to go get Bud Dupree? All right. You're talking about having to trade up. To get into 15, in between 15 and 18, you have to give up your second. Yeah, we've done that before. We've talked about the two and the five going to Houston. And we've done right. that before with the uh, the Gurley trade right. is what we've done. So, once again, uh, Cowboys sitting at 610 points. Houston sitting at 870. You're going to make up those points right there. That's going to be a two and a five. So, if you want to go, uh, you know, I, I, I think Gurley would be the only guy that I would trade up right. for. And I might consider trading up for one of the corners, uh, one of the top two corners, if that was the case. But uh, I, I think that the, it's sitting there for just waiting uh, to let Bud Dupree, if he's there, great. If not, you know, move on. I'm, I'm with you. If yeah. Gurley's, if Gurley slips a little bit, he's in there in the mid first. Yeah, you you need to have that conversation. Right. You need to talk about is it worth it to move up and right. It might be worth it. Yeah. Gurley's I, that special. I, I I just have a feeling, that, and there's some teams that might have Gregory over Dupree sure. on their board, mm-hmm. you know. So the one that starts sliding might be great. I, I'm, I'm taking a chance that Gregory's going to slide. Now, if he gets past New Orleans and those people at, uh, at 13, you know, now you're starting to see, I, you know, that, that's going to be a little interesting to me once he gets past that top 15 right. top of uh, team, see where he And we talk about it all the time, but having that 27th pick and having 26 players going to be off the board before you pick right. makes it so tough to know. Uh, you know who's going to be on the board for you at 27. Right. So when you're debating whether or not to trade up, 
you can't guarantee that a first-round player or someone that you're high on will be there for you at 27, so that has to factor into the I don't know if decision. I'm giving up an opportunity to get Frank Clark with my third if to, to go up. I, I don't sure. know. I, I like Frank Clark that much. Yeah. Okay, Kent. Steven Molinax, this is kind of a, a crazy question, but but it's a good one. If Marcus Mariota has an Aaron Rodgers-type slide in this draft, would the Cowboys consider selecting Mariota at their first round? At 27. Pick? At 27. Yeah. Not trading up. No. Just at, <laughs> he's talking about – because Rodgers, I believe, was 24, sure. right? Yeah, right. Uh, Ted Thompson had no intention of taking Aaron Rodgers. He was looking defense at that right. time. I mean – I don't think – I don't. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it is. It's completely unrealistic, but yeah. he's not getting past, say, the, the Browns twice at 12 and 19 yeah. right there. I don't think he gets it out of the top six. But yeah. saying that does happen, then I think you need to get on the phone and figure out How about what's Philadelphia wrong with him. about Philadelphia at 20? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I you need to get on the phone and say, well, what's going on? Yeah. Did he get arrested last yeah. night? Is he uh, missing an arm? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but, yeah, if he's there at 27, yeah. you take him. All right, Kent. Jordan Harper, this is this is a question to you guys, more about what you guys do in the film room. Which position is the hardest to grade after quarterback, and which do you spend the least amount of time on? Tied in is mine. In terms of the toughest? No. In terms of least? Least. Yeah. I, I, I have little patience with tight end play. Especially if you can't block very well at the right. point of attack, when you and you're not very, you're not getting up the field very quick. Right. I don't. I mean, I I have real issues with that. Kickers and punters for me. I spend maybe a few days during Looking at that in the entire year, and that's it. That's I, I just I I need to get better in that as a self evaluator. We right. talked about that. Kickers and punters. I just I don't. I'm not a big fan of those guys. How about hard position is to do uh, like linebacker? Okay. For me, it's safety. Yeah, safety is difficult because you're trying to think about. I said linebacker because sometimes you don't know with scheme. Yeah, exactly. You know, you right. don't know if, if a guy's taught to do. Is he supposed to stay right. here and read? Is he supposed? To, so you're thinking: Are you mistaking uh, lack of lack of uh, football intelligence on you know his movements right. and stuff like that on what he's being taught to do? Right, and you can say the same thing too at safety. Yeah, uh, in safeties. Especially today's uh, uh, college football with so many spread offenses, right? It's you know sometimes these guys will get burned when uh, you know the, their responsibilities are given, just make it tough to really fully evaluate them. And uh, in, in, even when you, in, you're watching the all twenty-two, yeah, it, it's just tough to really fully evaluate these guys. Ed yeah. Reed, I remember when we were doing Ed Reed in this room. Right. Ed Reed played off the screen. He <laughs> was off the he was off the screen. And I remember Jerry Jones and I was responsible for the red dot. Put the red dot where he is, right. and I was the identifier. And every time Jerry said, "Where is he?" and I do, I would put the red dot a foot off the screen uh, on, the, on the telephone. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, he, yeah the, right. the game's in Coral Gables, and he's playing in Fort you know, right. Fort Lauderdale. I, I don't know. I mean, that's how you know how right, far, exactly. far apart they were. Well, and another position for me on offense is center, um, because there's so again talking about you know zone blocking schemes yeah. and, and 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 different blocking schemes that that plays a part. And um, you know, it, center there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, and, so much on intelligence-wise, yeah, exactly, call, yeah. making the calls, uh, being able Assign to I- identify right. pre-snap. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into center that we can't just necessarily see on tape. Yeah. This call is from Correct. This question's from Correct. I don't hear much about the D-tackle position. Is this team okay with what they have at D-tackle right now? The upgrades. Right. I think they're and, – and, and now you have to determine. Now needs to be the determination of where you have Carl Davis. Uh, I, I, you know, if, if Carl Davis, if you've seen Carl Davis play as a three, the right. big thing with these guys about the tackle now and the reason they would or would not take a guy, 
would be because how many down player is he? Is he a one down player, two down player, three down player? What is he? Right. I think Carl Davis is a guy that when you start talking about other than Williams being that under tackle, you know, I think that you have to think about Carl Davis because I've seen him play the one and the three. Now, again, would they take him at 27? Very well could because he would be an upgrade over what they currently have. They like McClain, Terrell McClain, but they want to get a more athletic Nick Hayden. Right. And so, to me, the fact that you can play, potentially play Davis at the three or start him at the one, I think is something that they would look into. Right, that versatility is key. And for a player that's 6'5", 320, we talked about the planet theory. There's only so many human beings on this planet that yeah. can move like that. And Davis, the production's not impressive. Three, yeah. three and a half sacks his entire career. Yeah. But he does, he can play the three, he can play the one. Um, and a similar player, Malcolm Brown. If he falls to 27, right. which is possible, right. uh, you know, I think he could be in the conversation as well. A player that, in my mind, can play anywhere from the zero outside to the five. He can play anywhere in between. So I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Carl Davis, if that first-round board gets wiped out, a guy... Yeah, by the way, I didn't like what McShay did with Golden at 27 on that ESPN mock. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that Eddie don't, Goldman. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't I, believe. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's not no one. That's not no one who's drafting in that room. Right. And, and and nothing against McShay, but if you're going to do this, don't pick the players that you would pick. Pick the players you think. Because again, right. Ajayi is not one of my favorite players. I've mocked him a bunch to the Cowboys, but he's not my favorite player. Right. I do it because of them. Right. I don't do it because of Same thing of me. with Yeldon yeah, for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not a big Yeldon fan. Right. He's a third round player to right. me, but 60, yeah. You that was a mistake on, on McShay's part. Okay. Ken. You mentioned Obui. He might fall into this category. This is from David Chapman. Who do you think could be this year's Bruce Carter or Sean Lee? Somebody injury prone but has first round talent. Yeah, I think that's the buoy. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. and it's it's kind of ironic because watch. You know, he came back for a senior year at A and M, a player that uh, he got hurt in his very last game. Well, and and yeah. he, he he took out a big in, insurance settlement. Sure, he almost played watching his senior year. He almost played like he was trying not to get hurt. Yeah, he, he did. He, he did he, look a little soft. You know, yeah, playing a yeah. little conservative, yeah. and and so it's ironic that he got hurt in that final game. But, uh, yeah, we talked about a top 10 talent. The feet are outstanding. Uh, there's a lot of base traits that you have there that um, you know, you can develop. A player that's seen time at left tackle, right tackle, he's seen time inside a guard. So uh, definitely in the late first round, uh, maybe even in that early second round, depending on where he goes, uh, he's going to be somewhere probably at top 40 mix. I think a lot of scouts like him, coaches like him. Just wonder really what some general managers are thinking about that. This, th- this tackle class is funny. It you know, is. It just, there's not many options – you know, later in this draft, but the first, second rounds, you know, guys like Pete and Clemmings and Flowers, Humphreys, yes. Collins. Yeah, there's so many yeah. differing opinions on these players. It really makes it fun that, you know, which one's going to go first, which one's going to pan out. The Cowboys selection at 27 could right. have some value just because of the yep. fifth year thing that Dave exactly. and I love to argue about, right. but also, too, some of those offensive linemen that you're talking about. Abue. Clemens, right. uh, Flowers, Pete, if he somehow stretches that far, maybe somebody wants to get back in there and grab one of those right. guys. And we don't. Last year, the first three tackles drafted were better than any of these guys. With you know Greg Robinson, Jake Matthews, Taylor Lewan. We don't have the, that top ten no brainer tackle this right. year. But uh, you know there are some options in that late first. So you're, you're absolutely right about the value at 27. Okay, Kent, one more before we go to break. Sure. Yeah, this is from Kyle. This falls into what y'all were just talking about. What's the earliest round you think? This team would consider drafting a swing tackle or future right tackle. You can't roll it out of twenty-seven. Yeah, you know you really can't, depending on how the board plays out, who's there for you, and 
Uh, what do you think about that? You know, I'm thinking I, I, I like what you're saying because I see a guy like mid-round Chaz Green. That's, that's, Chaz Green, I Florida. Him. I love him. Chaz Green played left tackle, played right tackle. You said it. He's made a ton of starts. You did your in your book. We talked about him as well in our magazine. Chaz Green is one of those guys who think third, fourth round, can play both sides, right. you know, and is very productive. At I doing gave it. him a fifth because the, the durability scares me. He's been yeah. dinged up his entire career, missed all of two. Would you be surprised if he went in the fourth, though? No, I would no because yeah. talent wise, yeah. I mean he's he's up there. He's a top one hundred guy for yeah. me, talent yeah. wise. Yeah, but the only thing that kind of dings him is the durability. So sure. Chaz Green, talent wise, uh, swing tackle somewhere. Third, fourth round, right? I, I, yeah, I think that, that could yeah. that could be a good value. Keep, for him. keep an eye on that yeah. Chaz on the Chaz screen. Okay, thanks everybody for playing along with us on Twitter on the twenty. Kent, thank you for all you do for us as well. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, coming back uh, after the break, we're going to line up the phone lines eight 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 five five two two nine seven. Going to continue to take some more of your calls. Want to get some of your thoughts on uh, what's going on with this draft. We're just inside a week, so stay tuned from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. I'm former Dallas Cowboy Everson Walls. As a four-time Pro Bowl player, I know the determination and will it takes to win. That's why when you've been hurt or injured in an accident, you need to call attorney Domingo Garcia. I've known Domingo since high school. When you need a Tejano Tough attorney, call Domingo Garcia. 1-800-LEY-9999. That's 1-800-LEY-9999. I'm Domingo Garcia. Call us now for a free consultation. 1-800-LEY-9999. While the AT&T distributed antenna system is up and running for the start of this Renaissance Fair. They could have used the nation's most reliable 4G LTE network in medieval times. Yeah, say you're hanging out with a fair maiden and an evil warlock at ye old tavern. You could post a group photo. Wrong. A fair maiden and an evil warlock would never hang out together. Want to get a giant turkey leg? Yay. AT&T, building you a better network. AT&T reminds you to never text and drive. It can wait. Reliability claim based on analysis of independent third-party data regarding national carriers 4G LTE. 4G LTE not available everywhere. Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine brings you behind-the-scenes coverage with in-depth player stories, entertaining columns, a pull-out poster, and, of course, your Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Subscribe now and get 32 issues throughout the year, including our season breakdown and the stunning cheerleader swimsuit issue. Star is delivered to your your door for only $39.95 per year or go digital for just $14.99 a year through our free star magazine app called 1877 NFC Boys today. Hungry for more Cowboys excitement? Well, get a taste of this. Papa John's Cowboys 20. When the Cowboys score 20 points or more, you score 50% off your entire Papa John's order the next day. Just order online at PapaJohns.com with promo code Cowboys 20. When it comes to a great deal on great pizza, Papa John's points the way. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's. Limited time offer not valid with any other coupons or discounts. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. This This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Back here with the Draft Show. Dane Brugler, Brian Broaddus, Kent Garrison riding along with you today here. uh, Getting you ready for the NFL Draft, which comes up next Thursday. Once again, we will have a draft show on Wednesday, uh, 11 a.m. Central. Uh, Promise a seven-round mock draft with all the bells and whistles. We're going to move this thing up, move it back, stay where we're at, see who's on the board, see who's not on the board, uh, get mad, get happy, all those things, all those emotions you feel. 
And this show next week uh, during the draft is going to be fun. Yeah. That it's, you know, you have your ESPN, you have your NFL Network. This is going to be a fun alternative. Put yeah. it on uh, you know, the website and, yeah. you know, follow along. It, it's going to be something that. Well, we're going to have all the War Room Cam stuff. Right. We're going to have everything up. Uh, like I say, our, you know, Kent and Lauren Sokol and, and, and Douglas, all our guys that, uh, that do stuff for us, uh, that next, to, next door to us in the, in the studios here, I mean, we're going to make sure it's taken care of. And, and then you got analysis from, uh, from Dane, myself, uh, Bill Jones, big-time draft study guy, Kevin Turner, uh, Jeff Cavanaugh from 105.3. Both those guys, as you well know, if you follow me on Twitter, are always involved with me and watching these players. So there's going to be a lot of guys who have – uh, knowledge about these players. And and obviously, there'll be a Cowboys theme, but we'll yeah. be covering every pick. Every pick. You know, it, it, it's I'll not... have an opinion on every pick. Exactly. I will, one way or another, have an opinion on every pick. We'll try and get you ready uh, on uh, on that. Uh, we're excited, though, again, to, to have the opportunity to do that uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, for the and the fun draft. part about it, it's instant, and, and yeah. you know, it's instant reaction. It's not, um, you know, what we feel the next day when we've had a chance to let it, uh, you know, simmer a little bit. Instant reaction, what we think. So that'll be fun. Well, I always, always, I'm always uh, when I watch the draft shows on TV and stuff, and they always go and interview somebody. And I, I'm right. always like, uh, I don't care. Right. I just want to know about who's going to be the next pick. Exactly. I don't want to miss any picks. Don't. You know, There's enough to talk about. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, but we'll, we'll have we'll have coaches and guests and stuff like that too. So we'll we'll make it a lot of fun and and, and keep it very informative. So. We also okay. should we should mention we're going to have our pick on the show. Yes. So whoever we pick in the first round is going to call in, and we're going to be able to talk to that player. Yeah. And it's going to be really, really cool yeah. and exclusive and all that good stuff. So, so. all the bells and whistles. Yeah. We'll let Dane grill that, that player. Ooh. Dane will be all right. Well, that, game, nice. that game at Alabama that time, and you were <laughs> – all right. Well, uh, I promised you after uh, the break that we were going to take some of your calls. Yeah. Uh, so 888-855-2297. I'm getting pretty good at that phone number. Uh, Kent, go ahead and let's go to the first one. Sure, let's go out west, El Paso. Dominic, you're on the draft show. Uh, hello, guys. Uh, my question is, are there any fullbacks worthy of a draft pick, and do you think the Cowboys would possibly take one, and in what round? There's a few in this draft. Yeah, uh, the you, Alabama kid, right? Justin Fowler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, player. I liked him at the Senior Bowl a little bit. Yeah, he hits you. I yeah. mean, he's not afraid to hit and get physical, and he's a player that has uh, some carries in his background, caught some passes, so he, he can be a little bit more than just a blocking guy, but he does like the block. He yeah. does like contact, and so you love to see it. Uh, you know, a player that's only 5'11", but at 255 pounds, yeah. uh, when he goes downhill, he gets moving. He can clear some run lanes. So He's the best fullback in this draft, isn't he? I, I would say so. I think, you know, in my book, um, I, I combine fullbacks and H-backs. Sure. So I have Dominic Brown in there, Carlos Williams, uh, Jimmy Mundine, uh, which is a, another North Texas kid. But in terms of pure fullbacks, Fowler's the the top guy this year. Fifth, sixth round, probably. Yeah. Uh, some team will get get a good player. Yeah, I think the Cowboys. It's funny how you know they they went out in free agency and start signing fullbacks right. and stuff like that. So I think they'll probably stay away from that position. But uh, that was a good report on the Alabama kid. Okay, Kip. Yeah, Nick in Corpus Christi. Nick, you're on the draft show. Hey, good morning, guys. I've, I've got a kind of a wild one that's kind of uh, piggybacks onto that guy that uh, was on a little bit earlier. I'd like to a three-way deal with the Jets, uh, the Vikings, and the Cowboys. Okay. Cowboys, the Cowboys would get uh, uh, Peterson and the Jets number four. The Vikings would get uh, 27, uh, Cowboys 27 and Cowboys 60, and Des Bryant. And then, of course, the, the Jets would get uh, Minnesota 11th and their 45. What do you think about that? That would set us up 
wow. for next year's Super Bowl, not this year. I think Tony Romo could really make a good receiver of the top receiver this year. And I think Jerry would make a big splash. Wow. that's Jerry's interested in drafting and building his team. The big splash, I think that everybody talks about that, but – that would be the biggest trade, and yeah, since Herschel Walker, uh, you know, it's uh, three-way team. It, it's uh, that, that's like NBA like baseball. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, you rarely see that in the NFL, but rarely do you see two marquee players like Adrian Peterson yeah. and Des Bryant being part of the same deal. Again, going back to the out the bo- out of the box thinking, you know, kudos because that yeah, first time I've heard of that. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. If if you have a chance to get Adrian Peterson, you know, I. I I'm not including Des Bryant as part of that. I think you you try to get that deal done exclusively from a, a player like Des Bryant, but uh, it, it's creative. I'll give him that. You know, I haven't heard much about Minnesota moving this player, and we're getting close to the. Right. We're getting close, and right. and you know, I felt like the, if Dallas was going to get involved, Stephen Jones said the other day that he wasn't. He you know, and now maybe maybe he trade next year's pick, yeah. next year's one or something like that. I mean, he's you say I'm not trading picks now. But, you know, what keeps him from trading a future pick? I think the further we go along, the closer we get to the draft, and you don't have the opportunity to negotiate a deal with Peterson, right. I think the Peterson deal dies. Well, and that's the thing is it, it comes down to are the Vikings willing to play ball? Yeah. And that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And so far it doesn't sound like they no, want to play ball. They don't want to play ball at all. They don't. They really Especially don't. Especially they, if they're going to deal them, I don't think they want to deal them within the conference. And yeah. I think that's something that, you know, is – it's something that is uh, would halt a, a trade. It's gone very quiet. That's something that's gone very quiet. You know, right. even the, the big time guys that you visit with, that we both visit with, that uh, cover this stuff. You know, that are right. scoop guys. They, it's gone quiet in their circles too. And if a deal does not happen on draft weekend or on Thursday, if a deal does not happen Thursday, I think you can pretty much uh, forget about. Unless it it's for next year's one. That, yeah. Then, 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 then you're talking about it. Then, but on draft weekend. Oh, draft weekend. Yeah. Is what okay. You're saying. Draft yeah. weekend. Right. All together. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's when you can. Cowboys are going to invest a pick in a running back, and I think that's going to be the running back. That's that'd be it. Okay, yeah. Kip. Trey in Georgetown, Texas. You're on the draft show, Trey. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks uh, for taking my call, guys. Uh, my favorite player in this draft is Iso uh, Ekpeolu out of Oregon. Right. Is there, is there any chance that uh, he can have a successful career at a free safety? And uh, I have a second question. Uh, is there a, maybe a poor man's Zach Martin in the later uh, rounds of drafts? And thanks for hanging up and listening. Okay, thank you. We're talking about the injuries and yeah. some of these players. That, I, I failed uh, to mention him. Yeah, yeah, you know, guys that – you feel horrible about yeah. because they get injured late in the season. They had a terrific career, and Ekpre Olamu, his resume is outstanding. Uh, what he did at Oregon, uh, productive three-year starter, uh, an All-American, gets hurt in practice, really messes up that knee Sure, um, leading up to the Rose Bowl. So there, there's, there's concern there. Um, now, where will he come off the board? That's a good question because there will be some teams that – might not even have him on the board altogether yeah. because of that knee. It, 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 it was, it was not, significant. Yeah, it wasn't a simple tear. Right. There's more to it. Right. Um, and that really clouds his draft value. So before we even talk about is it can be a corner or free safety, we have to talk about can he even play? Can yeah. he get on the field? Right. And you hate to 
talk about that with a player like this because he's such a good. It's player. reality. It is. It's reality. And, and, it's what they. It's what yeah. they're dealing with in draft rooms all across the country right now. A player that's very talented but hurt. A top fifty player in this draft who probably falls out of the top one hundred, and then somewhere on day three probably gets drafted. A team takes a chance, but they have to be, feel comfortable with that knee, which not every team's going to feel comfortable with. Right. So okay. Hey, you wanted to talk some about Melvin Gordon a little bit. And yeah. About, let's let's talk about. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Let's talk about because we talk about these running backs. Right. And we talk about, okay, forget Gurley. We love him. Right. But he's not going to be there. Right. Um, so, barring a trade up, Melvin Gordon, it's realistic that he could be there at 27. Now, good, realistic. Good chance he could be taken before, but it's realistic okay. he could be there. I like Coleman. Right. You like Melvin Gordon. So, you're, you, you want to challenge me on why you would, why I, you should take Gordon over. At 27, Melvin Gordon, Tevin Coleman are both there. Are you taking Coleman? Oh, I I am. I I, I love I love the player because right. I think he could do more. I mean, my, I'm basing That's everything. That's Marco Murray mold. I'll tell you what. There's people that might even throw Duke Johnson in that conversation as well. Sure. But I I think that just just my gut, just my gut. I think that this scouting staff and the rest of the league probably see it the way you do. I think they probably see Melvin Gordon first, right. and then everybody. Well, not Melvin. Uh, Gurley first, and then now Gordon, the next guy, and then tell me who between Duke Johnson, Coleman, Coleman. and those guys, yeah. and uh, Jaye, and no, those kind of guys. And, and while I do think Gordon has some special traits, I am with you when you talk about having the all-around skill set, and Gordon not really – he just wasn't asked to do that at Wisconsin. He wasn't right. asked to pass protect a whole lot. wasn't asked to be a receiver a whole lot. He does have some drops, but he wasn't given that opportunity, so – it's not that he can't do it. It's just unproven in some of those areas, right. and so I. Think so you're selling me on the fact that he's a better pass blocker than he re- than the film has shown, right? Because I think he wasn't asked to do it a lot, and right. and so I think you have. Uh, I mean, Gordon's a player that. I mean, he's he's two twenty. I mean, he's right. He, no, he he's, looks he's good. Yoked up. No, no, we, so, he, absolutely. And I think you have some. I, I think he's a, a competitive kid. I think you can work with him in pass protection to get better. Um, but I'm, I'm with you in terms of. Coleman's more in that DeMarco Murray role where he's Faster. more well-rounded. Yeah. Um, with Gordon, I see more of a home run threat. I, I think you know, Coleman might have the better 40. Yeah, somebody got on me about that. I didn't call that. I didn't call Gordon a home run back. I saw him get fetched a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Jalen Collins yeah. caught him from behind in that LSU game yeah. in the season opener last year. But his acceleration is elite to me. Okay. I, I mean, he 0-60 to 60 is outstanding. He goes. And so he can be caught from behind. But that initial acceleration is outstanding. So you're six, seven yards into the hole before you uh, – Exactly, and that's a big reason why Gordon averaged seven and a half yards of carry uh, yeah. is because before guys can react to what he's doing. We talked about with Abdullah not only being a, a quick with his feet and his lower body, but also being quick thinker in terms of reading his blocks and reacting quickly. With Gordon, there are a few th- – you know, he likes to bounce it outside a little too much, doesn't like to live inside the tackles like Coleman does – but with Gordon, he's so quick thinking and reacting that he can get away with that. And so I think you see some Jamal Charles there, and that's why I think he's going to end up in that first round. Gordon, Gregory, Jones. Oof. 27. Three different positions. Yeah. All, all, and I, I'm not – I can't – I got a defensive end for you that yeah. slid down the board that's probably got a first-round grade. Right. I gave you the second-best running back right. there who's probably got a first-round grade. Depending on what you think about Jones, he could be a one or a two. Right. But I tried to make it 
difficult because I think I think Johnson's gone sure. and I, and I and, and Wayne's is gone. This is a good problem to have, but it's a problem because yeah. you have three good players here. Right. On my board, I have Gregory ranked the highest. Okay. And so as long as I feel comfortable with uh, what's going on there. I think he's got to be the pick because he's he's an impact pass rusher with a high ceiling and a guy that I rank as uh, the top player on my board. For them. Uh, probably comes down to Gurley or, oh, or, or, or Gordon. I'm sorry, Gordon or yeah. Gregory. Yeah. You know, do they go the pass rusher with the high upside or the running back where I think you have a little more idea of what you're getting? That's a good question. Where, where do you think they would go? Well, let's see. I'm saying I, I think they would probably – there's a side of me that believes they would draft. It. Now, let's let's talk about what could happen in rounds two and three. Sure. Could I get it in the second round? Could I get a runner? Can Can you tell me? Because I'm looking at the corner or I'm looking at the defensive end. Right. Because I'm thinking maybe I could use sixty to get to get Duke Johnson. Right. I'm thinking, and, and I think this this group here is thinking similar. They hit a home run with Demarco Murray in, in, the, in, third in the third round. round. Right. I think they think they can do that again. So I think you're right. If they feel they can get a Duke Johnson at 60, then they're going to go with the defensive end or, or Yeldon. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. If they have to, even Abdullah. I mean, they they can, exactly. they'll have options at running back at 60. So better options at running back at 60 than say defensive end. At Absolutely. sixty, Absolutely. Because I'm trying to get you Frank Clark at at at, at uh ninety one. Ninety one. Right. You know, is what I'm trying to do for you. Right. But you have a Gregory on the board in front of you. Gregory might have the highest grade. I think you're Agreed. right about that. Agree. And, and I think they would I think they is is as crazy as this would sound, even with the corner need too, mm-hmm. I think they would take the impact. I think Marinelli I think Marinelli would step up at this point. And he would say, okay, get me that defensive end. Yeah, I agree. And, and we talked about, we didn't really know. I mean, the Hardy's uh, suspension, we think it's going to be reduced maybe six, six games. games. Yeah, yeah somewhere. There. Okay, right. so so you're only, you know, but you're still going to need somebody. I mean, they were yep. going into the plan. And you're right. On a lot of boards, Gregory's a higher guy. So I, I think they would go, I think that they would go with, Gregory, the Husker pass rusher. I think yeah. so. I think that you just can't. Pass Why would him that up there. scare the hell out of me? Oh, it would scare the heck out of me too, because you. you it, oh, you could say hell. <laughs> you know, go ahead. The, but there's a reason that he's there at 27. There's yeah. a reason he's a top 10 talent, and he's going to be there for you at 27. The which, off the field stuff. Yeah, and it, again, this stuff goes back to high school. This stuff goes back. You know, he had a full ride at Purdue that fell through because of uh, some of his issues that he just kind of right. he, he let his priorities get away from him. Goes to JUCO, goes to Nebraska, and, and, and I've said it before. Uh, you know, Cowboys fans have heard me say this. He failed two drug tests at Nebraska, and it got to the point they stopped testing him. They, the yeah. coaches said, yeah. "Stop testing him. Right. He's not going to pass. Right. We need him on the field. We cannot afford to lose him." So there's red flags all over. There were the some games where he was very much this. Sure, yeah. And, and it, I think with Gordon, you got to, you know, Gordon had some good. There are some scouts out there who legitimately question his toughness because yeah. he would leave the leave the field because of a hangnail. And yeah. that's something that you can't have in the NFL at the defensive end position. And for a player that's in that 230, 235 range, yeah. the weight is a question mark. It's something that can has to be put, talked keep, about. Can he keep putting on weight? I, and I mean, listen to us talk about all these concerns. Oh, yeah. They but, drafted a player here that couldn't keep weight, Shantae Carver. Yeah. They drafted a player here that never could, Arizona, never could put on weight. Right. And it's, so, it's easy to say some of these guys, he's 6'5", 230. Yeah. Oh, he'll put on the weight. Yeah. Look at their wrists. Yeah. Look at their ankles. Right. That shows. He's a lean guy. Exactly. Yeah. So, 
But I still think they would take the guy, even with even with Jones and Gordon on the board. I agree. That's scary, isn't it? I, it is scary. But if he's there at twenty-seven, I, we're on the same page. I think this group might take him. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Well, listen, that is all the time that we have for today. Uh, I want to thank everybody that uh, was part of the show. Dane Brugler. Uh, we miss David Hellman. Uh, he's out on assignment. Thanks to Kent Garrison for making sure that uh, we always are up and running. And then also afterwards, when you folks either, if you're not listening live, you can listen uh, on your apps later while you're working out or doing stuff. But we appreciate you guys out there as well. Well, always making us feel good about uh, covering this NFL draft. So the next time we will see you will be one day before the NFL draft. It'll be 11 a.m. next Wednesday. We promise you a seven-round mock draft. So for Dane Brugler, Kent Garrison, I'm Brian Bros. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time from the SWBC Mortgage Studios.